Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all financial, money investing more. As happens on a regular basis, Chris Siaccia from thestreet.com tech editor joins us on Thursdays. How are you, Mr. Siaccia? Good, Rob. How are you doing today? Doing well. What's uh? Tell us a little bit about your background, and then uh, we'll get into some of the content right after that. Sure, happy to talk about my background. So before coming to the street, I was uh, on the buy side for a billion dollar and a half hedge fund um, out here in New York. Their mezzanine fund, so they ran a little bit of debt and equity. And then with the restructurings that happened in 2008 and 2009, with the economy kind of going down the tubes. You know, there were a lot of restructurings that happened to the fund, so I was uh, laid off and then eventually wound my way into journalism, you know, a couple of years later and then ultimately came to the street, uh, you know, almost about four years ago, you know, where I've been here and now head up the technology section of the site. I oversee, you know, about eight to ten people, including some full-timers and some freelancers who contribute for me. So it's been, you know, an interesting transition, but it's not something that I would, uh, you know, change for anything else in the world. So you got a pretty hardcore business background, which obviously brings the analysis of tech stories uh, into a, a clearer picture. Uh, what are you, what are you working on today? So I just penned something yesterday um, on Netflix. I spoke to some people who are familiar with the company's business uh, plans and ambitions, and. They're far grander than anything that they've communicated to the markets and investors. You know, I spoke to some people, and they said that ultimately Netflix wants to be, you know, the largest and most important media company in the world, and that it will entail having, you know, close to half a billion subscribers around the world, which is nearly ten times what they have now. So they're going to be a international network. Do we have anything like that to? kind of make assumptions off of there really isn't anything like that because you know we're sort of still in the early days of internet tv and how that's really transforming the way people consume content so there really isn't anything to compare netflix to in terms of its size and scope and, and its ambitions of course there are competitors like hbo and showtime and hulu and some of these other services but none of them are as diverse as Netflix is in the sense that you can get it anywhere in any way, except for maybe HBO Now, but that's not as big as Netflix is. 
if you want to take a look at HBO completely, HBO is twice the size of Netflix is now, but a lot of those subscribers are not on HBO now. So Netflix is kind of like this hybrid morphed media tech company, um, and it's really tough to compare Netflix really to anything because there really isn't anything like it because we're in such you know an early stage of the internet TV revolution. Personal question: Do you think their advantage will be able to be maintained? Because in the end, I like zombie shows right now, so I'm all about AMC. Uh, Netflix obviously has to continue to invest in content. It's some of it original, some of it you know licensed. The licensing obviously benefits uh, the established players already, like a Time Warner, um, maybe even an AMC. What do you see the future for Netflix as far as, uh, I guess, the, the tug of war of who's more important, content or, or the, the road, the distributor? I think ultimately content will always win out. Um, people, you know, we've seen a, a shift in how people consume content, you know, whether it's a mobile device sitting on your couch or in front of your TV a laptop, a tablet, what have you, or or whatever comes next. But I think if there's not quality things to watch on there, then it's a nice thing to have, but ultimately content is the thing that wins. So, I mean, Netflix has been pushing into, you know, original content, you know, House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, Narcos. But you're right, it was built on things like The Walking Dead or Breaking Bad or some older shows that – you know, some of these networks were really not getting a lot of money for, and they were just sort of sitting on their shelves, and they said, okay, let's sell them and, you know, get a little bit extra money, and we'll sell them to Netflix. And they kind of, you know, it was almost like kind of like a Trojan horse because they built up an enemy, and they did it, you know, by short-term thinking. Um, but Netflix said that they want to spend $5 billion this year in content. They only have about $2 billion in cash on the balance sheet. And assuming that we don't go into a recession or any type of, you know, economic contraction, you know, then I think the capital markets will continue to let Netflix invest. But if we do, then I think Netflix is going to be under some severe pressure because they don't have this big cash buffer. And assuming they don't continue to grow subscribers at the rate that they are and they can't access the markets, then it's going to be really tough for them to acquire and produce new content coming bigger than Disney. Do you think they're going to be able to do it? You know, that's a really tough thing to say right now. Ultimately, you know, if I had, if you put a gun to my head, I would have to say probably no, um, simply because Walt Disney's been around for over 100 or almost 100 years. Um, you know, they have a theme park business. They have this enormous cable division. There's this enormous movie studio that has beloved brands like, like Pixar Star Wars and Marvel, Disney Animation, just to name a few. So I don't think, you know, in the next five to ten years, you know, they're going to surpass Disney. I think Disney is just too big and too massive at this point to really ever, you know, for Netflix to, to, to really get, you know, surpass them. So changing topics, I have an iPhone 6, and I wasn't going to buy the hype of the iPhone 6S, but ultimately the reviews from the outside look pretty good. I'm not sure I need the upgrade, but I kind of want the upgrades. Maybe Apple somehow got me suckered in. Should I go out and buy one this weekend? I was at the event uh, earlier in September in San Francisco. You yep. know, I got a chance to play with it for you know 15, 20 minutes. 
I have the 5S. I'm definitely going to upgrade. You know, I, so I really haven't had a chance too much to play with the 6, you know, outside of, you know, seeing what some friends have. But if sure. you if if you really like, you know, what what you've seen and what, what they've talked about with 3D Touch, which I think is going to be incredibly transformative, and I don't think people really appreciate just how big it's going to be, then absolutely, yeah. I mean, you have 3D Touch, you have live photos, which is basically like taking a look at Harry Potter and bringing that to real life. And then, you know, they made big, big improvements on the camera. And let's face it, there are a trillion photos happening every year, and most of that's because of smartphones. So any improvements to a camera is going to be well-received. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say, you know, probably going out and getting the new 6S or 6S Plus is probably something that's worth the investment. Okay. Now, you said the, something about the the live pictures like Harry Potter. What's that mean? So what that entails is Apple's introduced something called live photos. So let's say you okay. take a photo of a bridge with some cars or uh, running water like Niagara Falls or something like that. So live photos will actually capture the second and a half before the photo and a second and a half after so that when you press on the photo itself, you can actually see the water rippling or the car is moving. So that's really something that's pretty cool. The only drawback to that is those photos take up a lot more space than traditional photos. So there might be some problems down the line, you know, with some storage. But I think that's something that, that's really going to appeal, especially to families with young kids and things like that. How do you feel about that, the controversy tied towards Apple and the way they have a 16-gig storage phone that, quite honestly, is, it's, it's just not enough at this point in time for most of their users? I think at the end of the day, Apple realizes that, okay, they need something that's small enough to get people hooked into the ecosystem and cheap enough, but they're not really pushing the 16 gig. They want people to buy the 64 and the 128 gig because those have higher margins and cost more. I think at the end of the day, it's a business decision, and it's unfortunate that um, you know, that they don't have removable or an add-on storage like some of what you see with some Android phones. But that's Apple's business model, and, you know, I think that's the way Tim Cook wants to run the company, and he thinks about it, you know, in the long run for shareholders and his employees, and I think that's the way they've just chosen to do with it. And unfortunately, it's, it's, it's not the best thing for consumers, but if you like Apple devices, you're probably always going to pay a premium and that's just, you know, that's just the way it is, I say. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's kind of controversial for some reason. And again, uh, I try to warn friends like, hey, don't get the 16 gig, don't get the cheap one, because you'll regret it. And sure enough, they come back to me and I was right. Uh, any last comments, any last things you're seeing in the world of tech that we should be aware of? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how the reception is towards the 6S and 6 Plus uh, this weekend. It goes on sale tomorrow, and I'm sure we'll get you know, first weekend sales uh, from Apple on Monday morning. You know, I've seen, you know, on Apple's U.S. website as well as their Chinese website that all of the models are sold out already and pushed back two to three and in some cases three to four weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what the actual number it is, what, how much of an impact China had. And, you know, even though lines aren't as big a thing as they are in the past, it'll be, still be interesting to see how many people actually line up at Apple stores on, uh, you know, over the next couple hours into tomorrow. 
um, as, the, as the new iPhones come out. Thanks very much. It's Chris Siaccia. You can find him at thestreet.com. Tech editor. I always like his content. I'm a tech enthusiast. We live in the Bay Area, and uh, tech investments are certainly looking pretty smart over time. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Boys trip me up with their heads again, loving them, everything.